0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Love is in the air. No, not that kind of love. Platonic love. That's right, friendships. With COVID restrictions loosening, it is time to get back out there and start making new pals or just getting in touch with old ones. Safely, of course. But sometimes going on a friend date can be more intimidating than a romantic one. So how can you put your best foot forward and and start rebuilding your social life? Here to give us some tips is connection coach Kat Vellos. She's the author of the books, We Should Get Together, The Secret to Cultivating Better Friendships, and Connected from Afar. Welcome back, Kat.
1: Hey, Sasha. Thanks for having me back on the show.
0: And we want to hear from you. So here's a new question that we want you to call us about. What has your experience been like making new friends during the pandemic are you looking to reconnect with old friends or are you unsure where to start call us at 866-915-WBEZ that is 866-915-WBEZ Kat during the pandemic many of us were forced to examine the shape of relationships what was your experience like
1: Mm, great question. You know, I am just like you, Sasha, just like everybody else who's out there listening. I went through the same ups and downs during the pandemic with regard to like navigating closeness while also needing to keep physical distance and, you know, what we call social distance. And I was really clear uh, with myself as well. You know, this was an opportunity to pause, to take a break, to reset mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way. Uh, you know, what is the most fulfilling form of social interaction. You know, I'm an introvert. And so there were times in the pandemic where I appreciated not having to go to, like, six different social events in a week. Um, And now coming out of it, I am very even more clear about the fact that my preference for myself and often what I recommend to the folks who come to me through my work is, it's much, much more meaningful to have a smaller group of deeper friendships than to spread yourself too thin and feel like you have to maintain, you know, Mm -hmm. human friendships or acquaintanceships or whatever they may be.
0: Well, while you're pausing and taking a break, I mean, were you reaching out at all, Kat, or or did you just Uh, go ghost?
1: Definitely, (laughs) definitely. Of course, of course. I mean, I think that one of the things that we got to do was to increase, like, the sense of ease and spaciousness that we had around connecting it didn't have to feel urgent. It didn't have to feel rushed. And one of the ways that I really did that a lot over the last couple of years of the pandemic was through snail mail. I was writing lots and lots of letters and oh, trading nice. letters in the mail with friends. Because when you were at home, you know, and honestly, I'm still at home a lot right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, it's such a joy to, uh, there, there's a quote by Lord Byron that says something like, the the joy of a letter is that it's solitude and spending time with someone at the same time. Nice. And so that was one of the big things that I did a ton of.
0: I like that. Well, you know, I know that there are people listening right now, Kat, who forgot how to even begin making connections with others. You know, they used to maybe be much more social, uh, but right now meeting new people just feels awkward and it feels more uncomfortable than it used to. So what advice would you give them?
1: I would let them know that this is completely normal. It makes sense that, you know, if your social muscles feel like they atrophied because you didn't have as many opportunities to use them, it's just like if you didn't use your physical muscles, you know? And uh, just like your physical body, the more you use these muscles, they will get stronger. You will feel more comfortable. Um, and so there's really two suggestions that I, I kind of give for folks at, at that stage. It's like, if you want to get back out there, you want to start meeting new people and forming connections, think of it like easing into the swimming pool on the steps very slowly. Right. Mm-hmm. One way you can do that is to simply attend discussion groups that, that are big enough that allow you to sit and listen if listening is really all you feel capable of doing. I have some people who email me, they're like, I forgot how to talk to people. So let yourself just be in the presence of an engaging, lively conversation. And what this is going to do is like activate the communication centers in your own brain where you imagine being in that conversation too. And when you're ready, dive in and, you know, you can dive into it ongoing conversation, join the stream, or if you want to start new conversations with other people in your life, uh, one of my most popular products in the last year is a Better Conversations Kit that gives you a whole year of alternatives to boring small talk questions because people want to have good conversations, but they don't know what to say. And I'm like, it is okay to use a tool or something that helps you start a new conversation, ask something new, and really feel that sense of awake a weakness, aliveness <laughs> a, a mm-hmm. in a conversation uh, rather than just going through the motions or feeling like I don't have anything
0: to say. Yeah, that's, that's tough. A reminder, listeners, we're taking your calls about your friendships. What has your experience been like making new friends during the pandemic or just trying to reconnect with your old ones? Did you go ghost and now you're awkwardly trying to call them back and be like, <laughs> hey, girl, it's me. <laughs> Call us now. Tell us the story. Eight six six nine one 915 wbez is the number to call. 866-915-WBEZ. Uh, pruning. That's a term that, uh, that's been used to describe what's happening here to our social lives, Kat. Uh, it's sort of like how we trim dead leaves from plants. Like We've been pruning mm-hmm. friends. A big factor is emotional exhaustion. So how do you balance the lack of energy with wanting to actually be there for your friends?
1: I really appreciate this question because I'm an active gardener and I use a lot of plant metaphors (laughs) in my writing. So I just love this one. Yes. And when it comes to friendship, you know, I think of the word pruning as literally taking your shears and like cutting that person out of your life, possibly for good. But most friendships don't end that way. Uh, Research shows that we lose one to two friends per year, and most of our friendships fade away rather than like being cut off or ending in an explosive way. If you're feeling emotionally exhausted and that's what's making you think like, "Oh, I need I need to prune my friends." I would I would encourage you to just pause and say it's a mistake to cut off all your friends due to a temporary condition of exhaustion. Mm. Say that again. Another metaphor. That's good. <laughs> yes, it is a mistake to cut off all your friends just because you're exhausted. Just because right you're
0: now. going through something right now doesn't mean you have to push everyone all the way away.
1: Exactly, exactly. And another Gardening metaphor we can use here is resting a field. So the soil cannot always produce. This is why we do crop rotations. This is why we put different plants in the same plot of soil. This is why sometimes we don't plant anything. We just let the soil rest. And you can think of this in your friendships as well. You know, maybe the crop rotation is you decide, like, which friends are you going to give your attention to for a time? And if you're feeling really depleted and you need to allow your soil to rest, you can use this metaphor to talk to your friends about it, to say that you need a rest. It doesn't mean you don't love them. It doesn't mean you don't want them in your life. It means you will check back in with them after an amount of time that works for you, whether that's a few weeks or a few months. I like that. And thank you. Thank you. I really think it's, it's a much more generative and uh, less pressury way to think about how to be there for each other. And if you know that during this time of rest, you still want to be connected. You still want to be there for them, even though you're tired. You can just tell them what you're up for and what you're probably not going to do. You know, so I can say, hey, Sasha, you know, I'm not up to go to dinners right now, but I'm here for like sleepy Saturday morning phone calls, or I can't really do Zooms or long calls right now because I'm just so exhausted. But mm-hmm. what do you say we do a 15-minute Wednesday night check-in, yeah. you know, ask for what you need and uh, understand that how you're feeling right now is not how you're going to feel for the rest of your life. And so try not to make too many permanent <laughs> decisions right
0: now. (laughs) Right. Very, very good advice. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking with Connection Coach Kat Velos on how to get back out there and make new friendships or just rekindle old ones. And a reminder, we're taking your calls at 866-915-WBEZ. Here is Michael in Ukrainian Village. Hey, Michael. Welcome to Reset.
1: Hey, hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me.
0: Sure. How have your friendships been surviving this pandemic?
1: Yeah, well... I think um, during the pandemic, I realized that a lot of my friendships actually came from the workplace. I worked in a newsroom, also, uh, and you know I was just there all the time. And so yeah. uh, when that when I when we all were sent home, I realized that uh, wow, I was getting a lot of my social dates from there. Um, after moving across the country uh, and away from all those folks, it was kind of tough making new friends. But uh, I ended up meeting new people through rekindling an old hobby uh photography and um spent a lot of time just on the streets uh doing doing photography Mm -hmm. and just kind of randomly met people through that hobby
0: that's pretty cool Mm, photography i love that thank you michael for sharing appreciate your call and and, uh, kat michael brings up a great point right work connections yeah, For you know, when... connections yeah. and hobby
1: connections, both
0: great. Exactly. Talk more about that, the importance of finding friendship at work. Because I know some of us listening now got used to the, the virtual workflow, right? And offices began opening up again, and they're back in the office, maybe for a, a hybrid schedule of some sort. But it's an opportunity to reconnect with your work bestie. But does it still work?
1: mm. Yeah, I think that the hybrid situation makes it tougher, you know, as as Michael described when he was in the newsroom all the time, you know, five days a week probably with the same group of people, it is natural that you're going to form connections and that they're going to be easier to maintain because you are constantly being <laughs> exposed to each other day after day after day. Um, and it's tougher when you're farther away, uh, but it's still worth investing the effort to create a, a work friend or a group of work friends or individual work friends. Uh, there's a lot of research that shows that when we have... A friend at work, we feel more connected overall in our like entire sense of of being in our life. We have like more belonging, and we also feel more connected at the company. You produce also higher quality work when you have friends at work, and that's because you know your friends will be evaluating your work, and and you want to do a good job. Uh-huh. It reduces those feelings of isolation, and it just flat out makes work more fun. Especially because as adults with so many responsibilities, we don't always have as much time for outside pursuits, although I definitely encourage folks to pursue a hobby like the photography Michael mentioned, Mm -hmm. Um, but work is like the most reliable source of access to other adults that have something in common with you, (laughs) (laughs) which is the work that you're both devoted to and know a lot about. So all of those things are are worth exploring, even though things are still unpredictable with what what the workplace is going to look like, whether your job is hybrid or fully remote or people are constantly turning over at Mm -hmm. jobs, like I get that there's a sense of instability there, but it's still worth still worth making those
0: connections. Well, Speaking of making adult friends, um, graduation during the pandemic, that that was tough. It's been especially difficult for young adults. Uh, We've got a reset producer who graduated during the pandemic and all of her college friends moved away. So she's trying to figure out how to be an adult and make adult friends right now. So what advice do you have for her?
1: Mm, congratulations to her graduating. It's, the most, it's one of the most exciting times of life. It's being a new adult and having the whole world open to you right. in front of you. And this situation that she's in is actually quite similar to what it was like for a lot of graduates before the pandemic who simply graduated and moved to a new city because they got a job right after graduation in a place no, they didn't know anybody. And so this is completely normal. Don't feel like you're alone or the first person you've ever experienced that. Talk about it with other people. So I'll give you an example. I host a matchmaking event called Here to Make Friends, and one of the things, it's a platonic matchmaking, not romantic, but one of the things I often find is that the people who are new adult, like new to adulting, and they crave connection with other young adults in that same phase of life because they want to talk about what they're going through, um, and they want to ask each other for advice, how did you figure this out, what are you doing? So it's okay to let that uh, phase of your identity, that phase of life, be the context around which you look for other groups in your area that are going to be pulling together other people in that demographic that you want to meet. I encourage people, like the best shortcut you can find in making friends as an adult is to find a group hobby, like the photography that Michael mentioned, that yes. is meeting on a recurring schedule that you do not have to coordinate And then show up repeatedly. So if they do a photography walk every Thursday at seven to eight PM or Sundays from three to four PM, show up again and again and again. Nice you're gonna become a regular there. They're gonna recognize you, you're gonna see the other regulars. And it is the like simplest shortcut to making new friends. Because you don't have to start one by one and you don't have to deal with all the calendar coordination of when are we gonna meet? It's all already done. That's such great (laughs)
0: advice. Let's jump back to the phones. We've got a caller in Hyde Park. Hi, welcome to Reset.
1: Hi, thank you. Actually, the question is quite similar to what you just shared. Um, At the height of the pandemic, we were encouraged to um, find unique interest in online, virtually, in these virtual communities. And for many of us, we are just now meeting some of those community members for the first time in person. And so what advice would you give for nurturing those friendships that were made almost exclusively virtually. Um, where it may not be so weird if we met at the coffee shop and decided to be friends and hang out, but we've never met each other. We've only been online or on on Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. How do we now um, build those friendship and go deeper beyond the, the special interests that may have connected or brought us together originally?
0: To bring it from virtual to real life.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Good it's question. Like, wow you have a whole self below your shoulders. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great, great question. Very real one. And I think that the opportunity that you have here is to bring your curiosity. You know, you've, you've had this shared context around the group that you belong to online. You've both been there. You've probably had a lot of conversations about that. And hopefully that continues to be a place of connection for you. And you also have this chance to say, wow, so like, tell me what, what else you're into in your life or what are the things you're curious about these days? What are the things you're learning about? You know, what are the things you would love to talk about that you haven't had a chance to talk about to someone yet face-to-face? Yeah. And and see what happens there because the, the pace of a conversation when you can be face-to-face sharing eye contact and body language and, you know, all of those subtle communication cues are really, really special. And I think that when you have the chance to move from a virtual friendship or a long-distance, uh, you know, digital friendship to the real world, the meat space world, as a friend of mine calls it, yeah. is you have the chance to share so many more things that are more subtle, more nuanced, even more personal, uh, because it just feels so much more intimate when you're sitting face face. to
0: Yeah. Let's squeeze one more caller in. Here's Kimberly in Bronzeville. Hi, Kimberly. Hi
1: Kimberly. Hello. Hi.
0: Hi there. Quick question for Kat.
1: Yeah, um, I guess uh, my question is... How to connect with? I'm, I'm really I'm not good at making new friends at mm-hmm. all. Okay, and so and my and I did have lots of work friends before, and that's how I made friends is by working, you know, alongside people. Mm-hmm. And so making new friends. I'm in my 40s. I don't have children, so you know I don't have that connection with other women. And I and I really am missing something in connecting with um with other women. Mm. and so you know just making new friends um
0: yeah good question so cat uh, women in her 40s trying to make new connections brand new connections with other mm-hmm. women
1: Absolutely. You know, I have seen uh, a very large amount of the people who are in my reader group and subscriber group describing that they are in the exact same position that you are. It's a lot of women in their middle age, like maybe late 30s up through early 50s, who don't have children and who want to prioritize friendship in their life. Um, While I don't exclusively uh, provide, you know, my work for people in that demographic, it is a large, large number of them. And there's a lot to be found through that identity as well. So, for example, there are groups uh, uh, that are based on being child-free by choice, and a lot of the uh, women that I've met through that community or that are adjacent to that community really appreciate sharing that context, knowing that that's going to be something that you already have in common and that you can explore the rest of life together from that position, right? Nice. I love that. yeah, a great podcast, by the way, is Child Free by Choice, uh, or We Are Child Free, if you want to read more about that and connect with that community.
0: Awesome. We'll have to leave it there. We've been talking with Connection coach and author, Kat Vellos. Kat, thank you so much for taking my and listener questions.
1: Thanks so much for having me back, Sasha, Anne. happy to come anytime.
0: Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.